welcome to Trail Angels, powered by Care of the Love. It's Mark and Annette, and we are thrilled to have you join us today. How are things going? Oh, that's a loaded question, Annette. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we, we've started this, uh, this uh, series of 10 lessons. And uh, last week, if you remember, we, we spent a lot of time talking about thinking patterns. And so I've been thinking a lot about thinking this week. <laughs> thinking about thinking. You know, actually, I have too, but I've I've gone ahead and I've started doing things different in in my daily routines. So so what do you mean different? Well, you know, those thinking patterns and I and there were things that I I learned again as we went through this process and as we shared thoughts and ideas last week about thinking patterns and distorted thinking and different things that we can do to elevate if you will those those thoughts and and how we how we process and and think and so I started doing some things differently as I had been chatting with a friend and, and she shared with me some of the things that she does. She shared with me habits and morning routines and, and evening routines and how the, um, how those things benefited her and they actually build character. Hmm, that's that's interesting, and a lot of that I think, a lot of that has to do with uh, the fact that that uh, as you mentioned, we we talked about distorted thinking patterns, we talked about unhealthy thinking patterns, and so one of the things that I started doing this this week, and I know that uh, you've been doing it as well, is that I, I started looking at the distorted thinking patterns that I have. What brings fear? What brings happiness? What brings a sense of remember remember that example we talked about last week about uh, trusting our child mm-hmm. and uh, how sometimes we we might uh, have a distorted thinking pattern when it comes to trusting someone because of something that they did well instead of saying we can never trust them again it's you know this person is typically honest and then and then putting the positives into it. And then that's what I've tried to do is put the positives into my thinking pattern this week. And and it's a continual process. It's something that we have to work at, not only for a week, but would encourage you to continue to put those uh, ideas into in, into your daily thoughts. Well, and let's add another one. That's a great example. Um, as I was chatting with my friend, you know, there's one thing to have um, – to start these, you know, routines and different things. And there's another to write it down. Hmm. And, and, you know, I was thinking to myself and I thought, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I exercise, you know, I'm pretty, you know, I'm trying to do better and I'm doing these things. And then, you know, as I really thought about it and I said, well, am I? And there's something about recording it down and, and basically a journal and, and that accountability and whether it's exercise, whether it's what we eat, 
whether it's time spent in mindfulness. You know, there's all these things that help us build that emotional resilience, help us in in our thinking pattern. Am I getting enough sleep? There are so many things that go along with this. But really when it came down to me and the difference for me was recording it. So that's really a great lead in to what we're going to be talking about today. And, you know, we, we both recognized how important it is to record our thoughts. Now, especially when we need to go back and uh, I shouldn't say need, but when we get to go back and review those thoughts and recognize maybe what were some of the things that we were able to do to get away from the concerns, some of the some of the uh, feelings and emotions that we were dealing with at the time. Not that those emotions are bad. No, but we need to recognize what those emotions are. There was a time and not too many years ago that I um, recall sitting in, in a, I went to a counselor and she was asking me and she, she specifically said, what emotion are you feeling? I couldn't label it. Mm. And it took me a long time to be able to identify the emotions. Why do you think that was? I think I had just kind of blocked everything or maybe I I felt like emotions were bad. If it wasn't happy or love or joy, everything else was bad in my mind. You know, we've we've learned over time, haven't we, Annette, that uh, emotions are never bad as long as we are able to temper them with uh, the ability to 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 recognize that we don't have to stay in that emotional funk that uh, we sometimes stay in. You know, we, we we talked last week a little bit about emotions and and uh, thinking patterns. And the fact that uh, both of us grieved a little bit differently when our son passed away mm-hmm. and recognized rather quickly as we started doing some as we started doing some uh, of our own assessment that everybody has different ways of grieving. And uh, that thinking pattern that we had is that we should all grieve the same is is uh, is a lie. It's a c- complete lie, but we didn't know better. And that, that is where, you know, all of these lessons and these thoughts and what we're trying to do come into place is that we're sharing with you lessons that we've learned along our journey in hopes that you can learn as well and implement and incorporate those things in, into your lives. The thing, you know, when we go back to emotions and and where do we feel those emotions and and what happens and to our body you know it it comes down to to accepting acknowledging and allowing yourself to feel it's it's interesting that today's um today's lesson it's it's foundational it talks about how our bodies are a gift from god and and how we as we understand and learn to to uh, treat our bodies 
um, with respect, with gratitude, that we actually feel those emotions as well. It's it's interesting that you would use that word treat because treat is meant as a uh, positive mm-hmm. thing. We we treat ourselves to a bowl of ice cream. We we treat ourselves to a day in the park. We treat ourselves to do different things that uh, bring different emotions. And as we as we talk about uh, treating ourselves, we're going to be talking a lot about uh, treating ourselves today in different ways. You know, if you remember, for those of you that might be a little bit new, this is the third lesson of 10 lessons. We, we started talking about uh, building emotional resilience first. Last week, we talked about healthy thinking patterns. Today, we are going to be talking about our bodies and emotions. It's, it's an interesting, we were, we were talking beforehand, it's an interesting uh, idea as to how our bodies and emotions really play within themselves. Uh, and, and uh, you know, if, if we have emotions that are plaguing us, it very likely is plaguing our bodies as well. Can I be um, vulnerable here for a second? For years, um, my my body has had some unique physical challenges. And as I have healed emotionally and spiritually, my body actually began to heal as well. And... And as my doctors understood and they were on this journey with me together, they have told me that my physical health was a direct correlation from my emotions and my emotional health. And and that my learning to, to not just stuff down all these emotions and feelings and accepting them and letting them surface in a healthy way, then that is what has, has also helped me physically. So what you're saying is really very few of our emotions are, are simply natural. Uh, they, they occur as a result of body chemistry and, and stimulus of things that are going on around us. You know, we, we, before we get into the meat of this, you know, we're going to encourage you, as we've encouraged you the last couple of weeks, to find a quiet place. As you're listening to this podcast, grab a notebook and pen and maybe a cup of your favorite hot beverage. Just sit back and relax as we share with you some ideas, some concepts, and some, some uh, understandings that we have found along the way that has helped us as we've tried to create more healthy bodies and emotions. You know, let's just share with our our guest today a thought that um, was was shared in in this in this uh, course that we've taken a lot of our information from from a Dr. Russell M. Nelson. He's a renowned heart surgeon. He. Um, he actually created the. Didn't he create the heart transplant? He helped. He worked. He helped on, on the first heart transplant. Heart transplant. Yeah. He um, just an incredible and a brilliant man. But he talks about about the human body 
And he says, anyone who studies the workings of the human body has surely seen God moving in his majesty and power. Each eye has an autofocusing lens. Nerves and muscles control two eyes to make a single three-dimensional image. Each ear is connected to compact equipment designed to convert sound waves into audible tones. Your heart is an incredible pump. It has four delicate valves that open and close more than 100,000 times a day. Think of the body's defense system. It perceives pain. It generates antibodies. The body renews its own outdated cells and regulates the levels of its own vital ingredients. The main or the man, the many amazing attributes of your body attest to your own divine nature, as um, Peter the Apostle declared in Second Peter. The Apostle Paul described it your body as a temple of God, and that can be found in Corinthians. Now, when you think of all these things and what our bodies do, it's amazing to me that we take it for granted. We, we do take it for granted. If you were to consider all of the miracles that occur within the human body every single second, cell regeneration, the ability to focus on something, having our minds be able to control uh, what our bodily movements are all about. We, we would look at that. I think we'd look at our bodies maybe a little bit differently, and, and it may be a little bit more sacred if we could use that word. Well, we can use that word, and, and I think as, as I've been studying preparation for this lesson and and following up, like we've talked about of last week's lesson, I've come to appreciate more the gift of my body, the physical gifts, my eyes that can see and that I can focus on beautiful, beautiful things. You know, this, this lesson was probably never more uh, evident than the other night. We went out with some friends to dinner. And uh, one of our friends had been experiencing some some real difficulty in his uh, in his his body. You know, his cholesterol was was high. Uh, his his wife was making him eat a salad for dinner. We went to this wonderful Italian restaurant, and he was eating this salad. And and uh, you know, I, I could tell that he was eyeing the food that we had. And but but his body, his cholesterol was poor. He had back issues. Uh, his his memory was was very poor. And it was obvious that his body was suffering from fatigue. And as we got a little bit more into the discussion with, with him and, and his wife, uh, we, we found that uh, there were some real stresses at work and some decisions that uh, had to be made. And as we, as we talked about it afterwards, we recognized it. Wow, you know, there are times that we can actually look at a person. You know, you've, you've heard the words, can you read a person? Mm -hmm. Well, in that situation, we, we definitely could. We could read him physically. We could read him emotionally and maybe even a little bit spiritually as well as a result of all the things that were going on around him. Which opened up a great opportunity to share, share some thoughts and some feelings and 
and actually encourage him to make some changes in his life, in his employment, um, that there were decisions that needed to be made so that he could enjoy life to its fullest. And I remember telling him, I said, your kids don't want the toys. They want you. And, and um, it's time. It's time to move on with a different career that, that's less stressful. And, and we have seen the benefit as you have made a career change in the stress level in your life and in your body. It's definitely, it's definitely something that we need to consider. We do. And, and so we talk about the emotions and how emotions affect us physically. Now, don't, don't get us wrong that everything that goes on with our body that might be negative is caused from our emotions because there, there are definitely situations that, that we have challenges and experiences that, that, um, and lessons that can be learned from our illnesses. And I am grateful for the lessons I've learned because of my illnesses. And, and you know, on top of that, Annette, you know, our emotionals are also uh, a mechanism for our bodies for its own defense. It is. And it is. Uh, there are times maybe when we fear, fear when we uh, are fearful of things, we're, we're uh, maybe we are a little anxious Maybe we're a little bit afraid of something. And those aren't bad things necessarily, even though they might be tied to emotional thoughts. They're not bad because of self-preservation. Right. But, but at the same time, you know, when we when we change those those perceptions, when we change those uh, the way that we think often, when we try to get out of that funk. Uh, it allows us to not only become happier, maybe we, we find ourselves a little bit more content, a little bit more interested, a little bit more, uh, what could we say, uh, trusting, peaceful. You know, there, there's a lot of different words that we could use when we talk about uh, changing our emotions from maybe a, a difficult emotion to something a little bit more positive. So as we as we talk about uh, changing our emotions as we talk about maybe not so necessarily about changing but about tempering our emotions let's talk about how it how it works with our physical bodies as well have you ever seen a person in that that is so upset about something that you see their their uh, fists are clenched oh yeah. Or you, or you see the tightness in their face or their neck. Whole, well, you can see their whole body tighten. And sometimes you can see you the, know, veins the veins just is pounding, like, oh. aren't they? <laughs> the red face, it's, it's frightening. It's frightening to me. And, and so as we, as, we consider, as we consider our bodies, and you, and you made the reference a minute ago that our bodies are a gift from God. They, they truly are. When, when you consider what Dr. Nelson said, about the intricacies of our body, we recognize that uh, we, we are a living miracle. And that living miracle has the ability to, to fight off the difficult things. It has the, the ability to find happiness as well. Uh, when we're content, when we're interested, when we're, we feel accepted, when we feel, feel powerful within ourselves, we have those abilities to change those emotions based on what we do 
for our bodies. Not to our bodies, but for our bodies. But for our bodies. So I think it's interesting because we've talked before about things that we can do for our bodies that are a benefit. Yeah. And I and I appreciate the many things that we can do for our body and just healthy eating, eating a balanced diet that is with whole foods and, and just, you know, not, not an extreme in any way, a balanced diet. We also can have, we, we talk about exercise. We talk about meditation. Yeah. And I want to, I want to talk more about, healthy eating in a minute but let's talk about exercise but, but like and just i just wanted to bring out that there's so many things yeah. and components exercise and meditating okay they're they're opposites almost one's very physical and get your heart perfect pumping one's more of okay let's relax but yet we need both in to take care of our body so i, I came in our bedroom this morning i after uh, getting up early, and uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to close the door. I'm going to let Annette sleep a little bit longer. And uh, a couple of hours later, I came in thinking, okay, it's time to get moving for the day here, only to find out that Annette had done all of her mindfulness ex- mindfulness exercises. She had said her prayers. She had, she had done everything that she did that uh, she, she uses in a mindful way to begin her day. And And, and I thought that was a great way. You know, to, to show how do we treat our bodies, how do we treat our mind from the very beginning of the day. And for me, that's that is the healthiest way to start the day. Others they get up and they go out for a hike or they go for a run. You can find what works best for you, but you need to do and incorporate, I don't want to say mm-hmm. need. But the benefits of incorporating a variety of tools will help you with your emotional health. So, so let's talk about physical exercise for a minute and uh, just recognize, listeners, that regular exercise can, can greatly benefit your emotional health. Physical activity stimulates your brain and releases chemicals that help your emotions and ability to see situations more clearly. Now, have you ever started your day in a funk? And, you know, one, one of the best ways of being able to start your way, start, start your day in a way that uh, is, is more mindful is, is to do some of the things that Annette just talked about. Uh, you know, take, you know, take into, in some activity, you know, as you do so, you're going to find yourself feeling a little bit happier, a little bit more relaxed, and maybe a little bit less anxious, one of the things that we would encourage you to do, though, is to, and I, and I love what you just said, Annette, it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Everybody has their own way of being able to, to uh, find what exercise works best for them. Some, that morning run, might be something that is absolutely not an option because of their health, because of their situation. But find those things that you can do. Do 10 push-ups. Do if you can't do ten push-ups, walk around the house a couple of times. Just get the blood moving. Just try. You know, I I I think, and again, 
it's it's writing it down. And so here is a little time for you to pause the episode and take out your notebook and just think about this and consider what physical activities could help you in your emotional health. And just, you know, write it down. Okay, hopefully you've had a chance to write a few things down as to maybe some of the things that you could do. In fact, we would even encourage you to maybe put a chart together, something that you can you can actually use every single day. What was my activity? Did I walk for 30 minutes? Did I did I do some other kind of exercise? Just something that uh, will help you to begin with uh, creating a very healthy habit. So, just for me, in here, um, I've started using a planner again. I have my phone that I have everything on, but I started using my planner. And at the top of the day, I go back in the next morning and I write down what type of physical activity, what exercise I did. You know, I... I. Um, I purchased a, an Apple watch last year because I was having some hard times with my blood pressure and different things that were concerning to me. And this could track it. Now that's a tool for me. There are other tools that are out there, but this tool measure how many calories I burned during that physical activity. I mean, yeah, I need to push the button and say, I'm going for a walk. Mm-hmm. or I'm going for a bike ride, or I'm doing Pilates, or yoga. There are so many things you can do, but just start. You'll never see me put down that I went for a run. My my knees don't do that um, anymore. I I used to be an athlete, but I'm I recognize that I've had to adapt. Right. Again, it doesn't matter what uh, that adaptive exercise is other than the fact that we just need to do it. You're absolutely right ahead. And so creating this habit, it's taking me to be accountable by writing it down. Because going back to last week's lesson, I could tell myself I did X, Y, and Z, but I didn't. So so you're absolutely right. So we we talked about... uh, the fact that our body is uh, a gift from God. Mm-hmm. And that is true. We talked about the importance of exercise. Let's talk about sleep and rest for a minute. Uh, that's That can be a tough one for some people. I, I know someone very close to me, and it's not you, <laughs> but I know someone that's very close to us, maybe even a family member who says, I don't have to go to bed before one o'clock in the morning. My body doesn't need that kind of sleep. Okay, we're going to go back to last week. Our telling ourselves internal lies, maybe that uh, maybe maybe she feels or he feels mm-hmm. uh, very refreshed at the beginning of the day, but we need we need the rest. I know for me that if I am tired, if that that fatigue is an enemy to me, I can't think clearly. I can't reason in my mind. I'm just not my best best self. That's that's a good word to use. We can't reason sometimes because we have that fatigue. And, you know, really, Annette, fatigue is a common enemy of all of us. It's it's something that uh, we have to recognize that we need to slow down. We need to rest and replenish and refill. 
So one of the things I can guarantee will happen to me if I am tired, I get depressed. Mm. That anxiety builds up and I don't have the ability to use the tools that I, I have in my toolbox to handle those stresses in my life. You know, I think that maybe a lot of our listeners, including myself, very often feel the pressure to keep up in a very fast-paced world. And so we feel like maybe we need to we, we need to do everything we can in every waking moment with the idea of getting up in the morning tomorrow and six o'clock in the morning and doing the same thing over and over again. That can be very difficult. Uh, you know, Annette, you've you've mentioned a little bit, but but really how does fatigue affect you spiritually, physically, and emotionally? <sighs> wow. Negative, negatively, um, I can't feel, you know, we're talking about emotions. I can't feel the peace. Or um, I know, you know, we all have different spiritual beliefs and religious beliefs, but I feel that God guides me. And when I am tired, when that fatigue is so so real and palpable that it doesn't matter really how long I sleep, I don't get the quality of sleep that I need, that I can't feel that that guidance and that peace, which then it has this snowball effect for me on my my well-being. I, I think that's a great uh, great thought, Annette. And and for me, I'm I'm very similar. I I look at uh, the times when I'm fatigued and I don't have the ability to sense what I need to sense, what's going on around me, because that fatigue is uh, draining me. And and when I can't feel, when I can't truly see, you know, Dr. Nelson talked about uh, the ability for our eyes to focus, for our ears to hear. And sometimes I can't truly hear or truly see when I'm I, when I'm tired. And so, listeners, we would just encourage you to find ways that you can slow down in your life. For me, it was it, I, I needed to find another job. It, it really was after after spending many years with with the same position, and it was a great position, but it took its toll, and I found myself being anxious more. I found myself being tired. I found myself being a little bit, maybe a little bit more abrasive. Uh, and and making that change, even though it was a difficult change to make, made all the difference in the world. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, just before we take another break or ask you to take another break, um, one thing I'd like to share is give yourself permission to do things the way you need to do it. You know, we talk about slowing down and doing those things, and the way you may need to do it now may be very different than it was five, ten years ago, or even how it was, you know, a month ago. It's okay, and give yourself that permission to listen and to create a plan of what you need. So for the next few minutes here, just put us on pause but we would like you to consider the following questions. 
in what areas of your life do you need to slow down? What could you do that would provide rest? Now, that's an interesting one. It's not sleep, but what, I mean, not just simply sleep, but what can really, truly provide you rest? Um, what could you create? How can you create some space in your daily routine to rest? Okay, just put yourself on pause and, and think about that. Okay, thanks for, for participating with that. Mark, let me ask you a question. We've talked a lot about um, rest. What can you do? What have you incorporated in your, in your life to help have more rest? That's a really good question. And for me, I think it comes back down to mindset. Because many of us grew up with the idea that you have to be doing something to be productive in all of your waking hours. You need to get up early, which which I have no problem with. We, we do need to get up early. We need to get things moving. We, we need to be able to create uh, a plan for our day. But for me, it was probably more than anything else in that the realization that it was okay to have some downtime. It was okay to sit back. One of, one of the happiest times of my day is early in the morning when I have a chance to just do the me things that need to be done. Read a book, uh, say my prayers, you know, have some mindfulness going on in my, in my mind. Those are the kind of things that I think each of us need. And I know that each of us have different sets of circumstances. For, for mothers that may be listening today, you might say, okay, yeah, how's that going to work? I have to get up with the kids early. You know, I have to get them off to school. I have to do this. For me, it's the first thing of the day. For you, maybe it's once the kids are either down for naps or have they've left for school. But we all need to find that me time in our day. And, and thank you for clarifying that because it's different for all of us. And, you know, Mark mentions when he gets up early in the morning. Well, he has this natural alarm clock that he's awake. I don't. And I used to feel guilty because I wouldn't be up with him. And, and now I've, I've come to a point that, you know, it's okay. It's okay if I don't get up till 7 or 7.30. Um, it's all okay. But, you know, another thing for me, you know, when, when we talk about emotions. How does getting ready for the day, does it affect your emotions? I, I think so. You know, sometimes we can get, give ourselves a little break. Maybe uh -huh. on a, maybe a, on a Saturday morning, we, we don't get up early enough that we would normally get up during the rest of the week and, and start our things there. But sometimes it's nice just to lay around, but make sure that you're doing it in a productive way. In other words, Personal hygiene is important <laughs> as we're as we're having this discussion here. I think that uh, you know it's just some of the little things like getting up and uh, brushing your teeth, getting up and and taking a shower. It seems like once we do that, that gives us permission to begin our day in earnest. 
Maybe we've done some of the things that we needed to do early with mindfulness exercises, but don't let that be too much. No, and and I appreciate, you know, just, you know, kind of joking a little bit, but but not, you know, my friend that I shared with you that she suggested I have habits, you know, in this morning routine. And and she talks about how habits build character. And in my morning routine, she said, she goes, don't forget to put down brushing your teeth <laughs> because that's something you do every day. Give yourself some wins. So as I was creating this, this morning routine um, chart, this checkoff list, I added brushing my teeth because I wanted to make sure I at least had one win of the day because none of us are perfect, right? We can create these lists and do these things, but it, it doesn't come down. You know, one thing I remember my, my grandma always saying was that if our bed was made, the dishes were done, the house was clean. Well, I like to think the bed is made, the teeth are brushed. <laughs> you know, we don't have to do everything. I, I think that <laughs> in, in previous generations, that was the, the standard. That was the gold standard is that all of those things had to be done. Mm -hmm. And and we wouldn't give ourselves a break. And, you know, again, everybody's circumstances is just a little bit different. Maybe the bed didn't get made today. That's okay. It's okay. That's okay. And maybe you didn't even brush your teeth. We hope you do. We, we hope you do. <laughs> but it's okay is what we're trying to say. I feel good when my bed's made. And and whether that, for some reason, psychologically, it makes me feel like the house is clean if my bed's made, our bed's made. So anyway, just do that. But okay, here's another thing that that I'm focusing on and we are focusing on. And you've, you've done better with this through the years than I have, but that's of healthy eating. Um, mm, we started talking about that a little while ago. We, we did. And, you know, one thing, again, there's so many resources out there and there's different philosophies of, of how do we, what do we do? Well, my first thing would, you know, give yourself a break. But again, record. So for me, you know, one of the things that I have, and I did this years ago, was I stopped drinking soda pop. Mm -hmm. I mean, I might have a Dr. Pepper once in a while when I go out to eat um, or I have a headache. I'll ask for the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's typically not a part of, of my beverages of choice. Do you know what my difficulty is, Annette, when it comes to but this? Water is. Water, water is great. And we'll talk about water and, and how important that is. But do you know what's difficult for me is seasons. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I look at where I'm at in the summertime, especially eating fresh vegetables and fruits and things that are, are really healthy for us. What do we find ourselves doing when it gets dark at five o'clock in the afternoon in the wintertime and get home from work? We have our dinner and what's one of the first inclinations and we're guilty of this is jumping downstairs and see what's new on Netflix. And, uh, Oh, by the way, there's that candy bowl that's right there as well. And so, you know, this, this is, is an important exercise for us as well as we're trying to become healthier. You know, it's, it's interesting. We've talked about exercise and I think that uh, healthy eating goes right along with exercise is that uh, both of those really should be done together. So, again, for me, I, I have an app on my phone. 
And I go in and I mark down, you know, what did you have for breakfast? And it gives me reminders. If I haven't gone in and filled in what I had for breakfast, I'll get a notification. What did you have for breakfast? Or snacks? Or how much water have you drinking today? My and, issue is the snacks. Yeah. And, but, but water, how, how important is water? You, you're you a drinker of water, Annette. I am a drinker of water. And it, it started, this is a blessing of having an illness. It started with kidney stones years ago and they're no fun. And so I started drinking water and that's, I crave water, but you know, what's been interesting as well, since I've started being more focused on and healthy eating and, and I'm not doing this as a crash. This is a choice I want to make as a, as a lifelong pattern. My cravings are changing. It's like, I want an orange. You know, I I wanted chips before or popcorn or you know that a candy bowl of ice or cream. A bowl of ice cream, but yeah, it's it's oranges. And so again, do things in incremental steps that you can you can incorporate into your life for a long for long term, not just a crash diet. You know, just just sit down is what we're asking you to do and consider what the intake is into your body. Ask yourself, am I am I participating in the basic food groups that I should be? Am I drinking enough water? Am I staying away from a lot of sugar? You know, I, I, I love sugar. Uh, and, uh, you know, I used to have a, a, a terrible, terrible habit. What was that, Annette? Every uh, night before I your, went to bed. Chocolate, chocolate milk. Big, yeah. big old 32-ounce thing of chocolate milk. And I, and I justified that. And, and I think that sometimes when it comes to eating, we do justify the things that we do that might not be the healthiest. So let me ask this question. So I think you guys are all going to laugh about this. But on this app of mine that I put down what I eat and what I drink, because I'm trying to it, it's trying to teach me the healthy things to eat. And there's green is really good. And, you know, it's it's just got lots of nutrients and it's healthier and 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 red is you know you can have it but don't have as much of it but why do you think i don't always list that candy kiss i have Mm. or the bowl of ice cream i had why i mean i'm the only one seeing this so what emotion i mean i'm just saying it's kind of funny that we're teaching but this, but yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to learn here for myself. But but it's that lie that we tell ourselves. This goes you know, back to and, that and distorted week, thinking. You know, if we if we sneak a piece of candy, who's going to know? <laughs> Me. You know, and and if uh, you know, I, I, our children sometimes. I, I remember our children. There'd be times when we would go to their bedroom and we'd find a, uh, an, an empty bowl underneath their bed and we could tell they had a bowl of ice cream. They didn't want us to know because uh, maybe they were having it the wrong time of the day. Maybe it was too much. Maybe they, you know, whatever the reason why, again, we, we tend to justify ourselves. I'm so hungry. I need something right now. And we find that uh, we pay the price with our fatigue. We pay the price with not maybe being able to sleep at night because of having too much sugar drinking a soda pop before we went to bed. Exactly. So I want to share one more thing, another thought here about 
healthy eating or emotional eating. Hmm. I've got a good friend who um, was bulimic, anorexic, and for years, years, started as a teenager. And, and as the years went on and as she became a wife and a mother and the stresses of life built those, those demons inside her that um, were the underlying cause of her eating disorders, you know, they just, they became, they were raging. And, and it took a lot of inpatient help to understand the whys behind the emotions behind it all. And, um, and gratefully there's resources and tools there. So we're, we're, I don't want to, to not talk about that, but one day we were talking recently and she shared with me the thought about how many of us have eating disorders. And I mean, it was, 90 something percent. I mean, statistically, and I'm, I'm thinking in my head, no, we don't. There's, it can't be that high. And she said to me, when you get stressed, do you eat? And I said, yeah, I do. She goes, you have an eating disorder. And I started to think about things differently. And I started to recognize the patterns of my emotional eating. And I think if we were honest with ourselves, we might all see that we have, we do a little emotional eating. Again, it's just making sure that uh, we are able to consciously make those determinations. You know, we, we, we need to move on to the next uh, topic here as well. And that's, you know, we've talked about our bodies, but let's talk about our emotions here for a second and understanding our emotions. Uh, you know, one of the things that we see is that our body experiences strong emotions every single day and really becoming emotionally resilient resilient requires us to acknowledge ex, you know accept and 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 then to respond uh to those emotions in a healthy way and recognizing and you said this already in that but emotions are a normal part of our existence. And sometimes our emotions may be strong and, you know, and it can be a challenge to respond to them. But when you allow your emotions to, to decide your behavior, you surrender to your emotions rather than using your agency to respond to your emotions. Interesting thought. So how does striving to manage your emotions help us to become who we truly should be? Well, <clears throat> that's that's a a huge thought and and a concept to understand. But if we don't allow ourselves first to feel, to truly feel those emotions, but then to go deeper. Well, why am I feeling this? Why why are my hands clenched? What's upsetting me? Or why, you know, why do I feel anger? You know, if we read, but then there's the joy and, you know, there's so many emotions 
and everything that comes with it. But we have to allow ourselves to fill it. One of the best mechanisms that we can acquire through practice, through exercise, is the ability to stop and reflect. You know, you've, you've heard the term before, okay, stop and, and count to 10 before I give my response. Well, there's some real truth and some real beauty to doing that. There's some beauty to stop and ask yourself, what is my body experiencing right now because of this emotion? You're going to find, and I do this all the time, I'm going to find that all of a sudden my shoulders will go down uh, because I'm holding that tenseness in my upper body. And so, so that's important that we have the ability to put ourselves in timeout for a minute. So we've talked a lot about different situations of recording and having this um, honest accountability with ourselves. And here's another one in another situation that we could actually have a separate journal, an emotions journal. And this is a great thing. You know, what's the emotion that I'm feeling? Well, what was the situation where I felt it in? You know, like, for example, today I felt angry and hurt. Well, what was the situation? I got in a big argument with my dad. This is, this is all hypothetical. This is all way. hypothetical. This is just an example. And then the next column could be, you know, actions that were taken because of the emotion. And maybe I got really upset and I yelled. And I yelled at him or I lashed out at my friends and then I felt bad. And then let's let's kind of ponder about how this went on. And, and you know, the thought could be I should talk to my dad about how I feel instead of getting angry at this, him. Yeah, you know, th- this is a great example. And I, and I think it works really well with couples. Uh, I think we gave you an example last week about a couple that we saw that you could just tell there was just so much tension between the two of them. And we see that in our own, in our own relationships, whether it's a, 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 a parent and a child, whether it's siblings, whether it's, uh, whether it's with, with our spouse or our, our significant other, we just have to be careful that, that we go directly to the store source instead of making that emotion become something that becomes very help, harmful to our bodies. And that's a, that's a great point. And another thought with this is, you know, learning to manage our emotions. How, if you go back to how we talk so much about rest, if we are, if we are exhausted, it's almost impossible to manage our emotions. So, as you, if you you can see how everything builds upon, and and so. We, as we learn and we have the rest we need, then we also have that inner voice helping us to manage those emotions. Right, right. So, so it's interesting. Our, our, our lesson today has really taken us almost full circle. Mm-hmm. We, we started talking about our bodies are a gift from God. We talked about regular exercise. We talked about sleep and rest. We talked about personal hygiene and how important that is. We talked about healthy eating. And, and uh, boy, we spent a lot of time talking about that because of how important that is to how we are able to react and to act with situations around us. 
Then we talked about understanding our emotions. And I think a great way to maybe finish our conversation, Annette, is talking about just what it all comes down to, and that's self-care. Self-care, you know, when, when you face challenges, you need to do it all that you can do to take care of yourself. And really doing all that uh, you can means using the resources that uh, you have in, in your life to support you and whatever the challenge may be that you're facing. And you know, there, there's probably a list of ideas for self-care that we could probably talk about. What, where would you start? Well, being kind to yourself is where I'd start. Give yourself a break. Yeah. Um, that that might not be on everyone's everyone's list, but I think we're too hard on ourselves. And and you know what? I would take that one step further and say, let's learn how to be kind kinder to others mm-hmm. as well, because we are all judgmental to a certain degree, and and we find ourselves doing that occasionally. And and I have to be careful because my perception of a person or a situation may be completely different than reality. But I, as I as I find myself trying to be kinder, I find that uh, I have a, the ability to to learn maybe a little bit more about the situation, maybe learn a little bit more about the person mm-hmm. that maybe I'm judging. Yeah, those are great points. For me, a great thing and that I love to do is to listen to music. That that can um, affect me more than anything is music, and so that can really be a pick me up or a calming calming thing for me. Do you know what I love to do? I, I love to just take a moment and go outside and sit in the hot tub. Mm-hmm. Even on a cold, cold winter evening, to me, being able to just sit back and relax and experience that self-care for a few moments before I need to get back into what needs to be done is important. As you see, we have different lists. There are different things that we know bless our lives and help help us in our self-care. So we would like you to take some time and list some things that help you in your self-care. Is it enjoying a nice a nice meal? Is it, is it um, taking an afternoon nap? <laughs> is it taking an afternoon nap? You know, I've spent time looking at, at different I love to cook. That's something I love. And and looking at new recipes and just my mouth watering at what I think it's going to taste like and, and the joy that it brings Mm -hmm. me to do it. So, you know, there's so many, there's so many things, but make a list for things that you can do that you currently are doing to take care of yourself. Activities that might help you take better care of yourself and things that you can do to make time to better care for yourself. I I love that. And at, you know, maybe create something, Uh maybe pray. I mean, that's, that's an important thing for us. Uh Uh, Make a list of things that you're grateful for. And talks about a a gratitude journal. You know, there's just so many different things, but uh, we encourage you to write down some of those ideas of things that you would like to take advantage of this week and then give yourself permission and time to participate. Exactly. Friends, thank you for joining us. 
We hope that you've enjoyed this conversation as we've chatted about the third lesson of building emotional resilience. We hope that you have some takeaways from this, some things that you, some aha moments, some things that you've learned that will help you in your journey of building emotional resilience, of learning about your emotions and how they affect your bodies. Each of us have a story to share. The stories and experiences that we share and others share with us and that you share with your friends, they inspire, they lift, and they bless. And they help us to grow and to connect with others. We invite you to become a part of Trail Angels and Karen the Load community through social media, as well as to share the site with those you know. We are stronger together. Keep caring. Thank you.